0: In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City worship podcast. Out of a desire to love and serve our neighbor and to protect the most vulnerable among us from this awful virus that is ravaging our state, our nation, and our world, We have suspended in-person worship for the time being, but we have not suspended worship of the Most High God, and we have not suspended the ongoing mission of the church, which is to love and serve Jesus as his hands and feet in our community. And right now that looks different. Right now worship looks different, and that's okay because Jesus is Lord And whenever we serve Jesus, we are taking his lordship wherever we go. If that means praying for our neighbors, we are serving Jesus by praying for our neighbors. If we are leaving a bag of groceries at the doorstep of our neighbors, we're serving Jesus. If that means raking our neighbor's leaves, we're serving Jesus. This morning I'd like to, uh, to call your attention to just a couple of things. First of all, if you or somebody you know needs a copy of our worship podcasts on CD, uh, maybe they're not technologically savvy enough to use, uh, to use the, the, any of the podcast sites, or maybe their phone data plan uh, will not allow them to listen to our podcast every week and they would like to have it on CD, uh, please email the church this week at baptist.church at comcast.net because we are going to be sending out another batch of our, uh, our podcasts via CD uh, within the next few days through the United States Postal Service. Also, uh, coming out this week, on Wednesday is going to be a prayer for our country. Uh, for the past several months, we have, uh, on the second Sunday of the month, done a special uh, prayer time for America uh, because the, the scriptures tell us that we need to be in prayer for our leaders, we need to be in prayer for our nation, and that's what we, we do. And so that will be coming out on Wednesday, Wednesday. And you can listen to it. It's, it's anywhere you're listening to the podcast right now is where the prayer for our country can be found. And that, as I said, is coming out on Wednesday morning. We are glad you're listening. And it's been on my heart this morning to share this. We spend a lot of time thinking about our physical health. Uh, you know, we go to doctor's appointments. We, uh, we have checkups. Hopefully you've, you've gotten your flu shot by now. But how much time do we spend talking about and considering our mental health? What are our anxieties and worries and fears? And I think it's important to remember that we need to take those to the Lord. But I also think it's important that we share those with one another. And if our anxieties are to the point that it's consuming us, I think it's also important to remember that there are doctors and people who are trained in mental health counseling who can help us process through the things that are constantly causing us fear and worries and help us identify things that we need to clean up in our lives, that we need to ask Jesus to help us clear out in our lives so that we can be free from worry and learn to deal with those patterns in life that cause us difficulty. And so if, if you need help finding one of those doctors, if you need somebody uh, to listen, please get in touch with the church. You can call the church office. Uh, our number is on our website, onebaptistchurch.org. You can send us an email at baptist.church at comcast.net. And we would, be love to con- we would love to be able to connect you Uh, with somebody who can help you, and as well as we would love to be able to pray for you. May you worship well in spirit and in truth as we continue our worship service this morning.
1: Hear the word of the Lord. I will praise the Lord at
2: all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together.
1: When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and powerful arm. With overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders, he brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey.
3: I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him.
4: Then Hannah prayed. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like
0: our God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing.
1: Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe.
2: Come, my children, and listen to me. and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it.
4: Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare.
3: The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memories from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed.
1: Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead.
0: The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken
4: god himself will be with them he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain all these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said look i am making everything new
2: calamity will surely destroy the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be punished but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. (laughs) No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned.
1: This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks Thanks be to God. God.
5: So
3: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father God, we bow our heads in humbleness to acknowledge you as sovereign over all the universe. Show us the way as this world becomes more and more crazy. Only you can help us make sense of it all. I lift up to you all the prayer requests. You know each detail of each request. Let your will be done. Be with our missionaries as they share the gospel of Christ with those who don't know you. As a congregation, help us to give financial support and prayer support so they are able to do the calling you have given them. Be with those who have been affected by the forest fires and also the hurricanes in the south. Be with all of them who have lost their homes, possessions, possibly loved ones. Give them comfort during the time of crisis in their lives. Let the love of Jesus shine forth from those who reach out to help them. The bulk of my prayer today is a prayer for the church. It is made up of five small parts. Prayer for good to prevail over evil. Prayer for unity as a church body. Prayer to seek the Lord prayer to pursue peace, and prayer to follow Jesus. Lord, what the enemy means for evil against our church body, we believe you can use for good. Remind our hearts of this. When we are being attacked and crushed from all sides, remind us of your faithfulness to use everything for your good and your glory. May we not fear but trust in your provision for our church family. May we not only be readers of your word, but believers and doers. Increase our faith. Lord, help our church body to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have given us. Help us in all our interactions with one another to have humble and gentle hearts. Grant us patience for one another, bearing with one another in love, Grant the body of Christ unity. May we walk humbly with you, God, allowing you to show us our wrongs. Lord, you have told us in your word that you hear our prayers. We are crying out to you. We are humbling ourselves before you and seeking your face. We come together as a church body to seek you. We repent and turn from our wicked ways. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for your forgiveness and healing. Father God, you desire peace and unity and encouragement for our body of believers. Help us, Lord, to pursue what makes peace in the building one another up, to pursue the things you have that will lead us to peace and unity. Give us discerning hearts to know your will and give us the courage to be obedient Lord, we know that without you and your Holy Spirit indwelling each of us, we cannot do any of these things. But with you and for your glory, grant our body peace and unity. Lord, you have given us what seems like an impossible impossible task. You have asked us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you. Even when our spirits are willing, the flesh is weak. You know our hearts, Father. Help us with your Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and hear from you. The longer we walk with you, the more we become like you. We desire to become more and more like you, less selfish and more selfless. Willing to deny ourselves in any and all situations. You have told us that when we lose our life for you, your sake, we will save it. Save us from ourselves, God. As we lift up these words for our church, let us come before God with humility and a willingness to obey. Let us put others first and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. May we seek God first, putting aside our own desires. May we become intercessors for our brothers and sisters in Christ. May we pray more and criticize less. May we be encouragers and uplifters be with our pastor today as he brings the message open our ears and hearts to the words you have given him to say and may this podcast be a blessing to all who hear it in your glorious holy name amen
0: our scripture for this morning will sound eerily familiar because it was also our scripture for last week. Um, Sometimes we need to dig into God's word a second time and see uh, things that we might have missed the first time around. And so this morning we are going to return to Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. And this morning I will be reading that from the New Living Translation. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay." as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But we look forward, if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good for, of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance And he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was March of 2006, and I was part of a a group from our campus ministry team at Marshall University that went to Lakeshore, Mississippi. It was a mere nine months after Hurricane Katrina had devastated the Gulf Coast, and we were going to be there, well, to do whatever they asked us to do. And as we got closer and closer to the Gulf Shore, the, dev- the devastation became more and more apparent. There were buildings that lacked roofs, front stair steps of houses that lacked houses. Uh, there, were some, there were cars that were upside down inside of houses. The devastation was unspeakable. And so by the time we finally got to the site of the, uh, the church that we were staying at, we realized that the church was no longer there and it was merely a Quonset hut and that there had been tents erected behind the, uh, the hut for us to stay in. The church had been leveled by the floodwaters sweeping through They had found the steeple miles away. They had found scissors with the name of the church uh, in a completely different direction, uh, lying on the ground, remnants of of what children used to do in Sunday school. And as as we looked around and considered where we were and the situation we were in, the question crossed all of our minds. Where do we even start? And that question may plague some of us today, because we look around at what's going on in the world and all of the things that are in seemingly utter disarray, and we ask ourselves, where do we even start? Because there are so many things, even if you just limit it to the United States or or even just limit it to Oregon, there are so many things that seem so bigger than our capability to take on. We have a pandemic that has affected countries across the globe, but we can't seem to get it under control in the United States. We've had wildfires here on the West Coast that continue to burn in in a lot of parts, the parts around here. Um, And people are still without homes in the wake of, of that tragedy. We are in a situation where people don't want to listen to each other. They only want to shout at each other. And we have leaders who have forgotten what the truth is. Where do we start? Well, as I said last week, it's groaning. It's groaning time. When we read this passage in Romans, what Paul tells us is that all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. We shouldn't be that surprised that the world is in need of healing because the world is broken. The world needs God's people. In fact, it says that the very next verse says, we know all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Sorry, that's a couple verses later. And all creation includes people. All creation includes the land. All creation includes the earth. And when we look at this groaning and consider this groaning that's happening, we're we're experiencing it all around us. We're experiencing the groaning of people who are sick with with COVID-19. We're experiencing the groaning as we watch wildfires that are fueled by dried-out forests, which are a result of man-made climate change, we see a country that is groaning because we have been unwilling to pay attention to people who are hurting, to people who are suffering, and to people who have been oppressed for generations. This is part of all creation groaning. And we know that this groaning is caused because humanity is a fallen race and humanity bears the image of God. And by bearing the image of God, we bear the highest responsibility to be stewards of all creation, including each other. But when humanity disobeyed God and and sin entered into the world, we abdicated our responsibilities as stewards and things broke down. Things fell apart. And so now we're seeing the effects, the ongoing effects, of this brokenness that's happening In the world. Paul also tells us that these sufferings are nothing compared to the glory that's to come. Because Christ was crucified, Christ was resurrected, Christ ascended into heaven, and Christ as God who was born as a human was the first true human being who never abdicated his responsibility as a good steward of creation. And we know that Christ will someday return to renew and redeem the earth that we presently stand on. That Christ's plan is not to abandon this old world but that God has, has blessed this world and called it good and has given us his image and that this world will be redeemed and renewed and made into the image that God had originally had for it. And we as God's people will be part of this. We will be part of this ongoing work that God has laid out for us in redeeming and renewing our world. So where does that leave us now? You may say, eh, so what? So what if God's going to renew the world? Does, does that mean that we need to do anything now? <clears throat> because we, we could just find a good book to read and sit around and, and wait for <laughs> for, God to, for Christ to return, establish his kingdom, everything's okay, and then we just get to enjoy the fruits of, of Christ's labors. And I think you know by the oversimplicity of that question that the answer is no, we don't just sit back and wait. Because we as God's people have been given the Holy Spirit. God dwells within us and gives us as his people a taste of what's to come normally when we think about the holy spirit we think about it in an individual way and yes we should think about it as an individual in in an individual way in some cases in many cases because when i wake up in the morning very rarely do i feel like a a follower of Jesus who has been following Jesus my whole life and who is ready to get up and praise the Lord. No, most mornings I wake up and, uh, and feel like I just need to stumble my way to the coffee maker and, <laughs> and get that rolling uh, so that maybe at some point then I can feel like a follower of Jesus. But it's the Holy Spirit in me that reminds me that yes, John, with the sleep still in your eyes, with your increasingly long hair being such a mess, that yes, you are a follower of Jesus, you are beloved of God, you are a redeemed child of God who even if you don't get that first cup of coffee is going to go on today to love and serve the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit in me And that's the Holy Spirit in you, though you may not have the same addiction to coffee that I do. But there's also, as we see in this passage, a we. The Holy Spirit fuels the church. The Holy Spirit fuels God's people so that we as God's people experience this groaning as well we experience the same groaning of creation. We experience the same sufferings of all creation because we are part of the groanings and sufferings. And even though the Holy Spirit dwells within us, because we are not yet perfected, we still contribute to the things that cause the groaning of all creation. So we as God's people Experiencing this groaning, we also experience a foretaste of what's to come. Because God's eternal kingdom isn't just this individual eternal experience for everybody. It will be God's people gathered together with Jesus as our king, with God dwelling among us. And that will be a beautiful thing, but it will also be a gathered thing. And so we need to understand the Holy Spirit dwelling in us now as we understand that it will be in the world to come. And last week we focused more on the second half of this passage, but today we're kind of going to to focus just on this, this 18 to 25 And verses 24 and 25 say, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And there's a couple of interesting language, linguistic things going on there. Is if we are in Christ we are saved. If we are in Christ, if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we are part of God's people. We are part of this ongoing renewal project that God is doing in the world. We are part of God's family as it started with Abraham and the Israelites and that Jesus opened up to the entire world by fulfilling the mission of Israel on the cross. We are part of that. But there's also something to come. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. The work's not done. The kingdom is now, but also not yet. And in between this now and the not yet, now the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord he is Lord over heaven and earth, all authority has been given to him, but that the world lives in disobedience to Christ. And so there will be a time when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom and the whole world will be filled with the knowledge and glory of God. But that's not now. Between now and then, we groan. Between now and then, we mourn. Between now and then, we we pray those psalms that say, How long, O Lord? But we wait patiently and confidently, Paul says, because we know that we have a foretaste within us the glory of God. We know what's coming. And because we know what's coming, we need to work for what's coming. We need to be building for the kingdom. What we do as a result of our hearing and experiencing at Hearing the groanings of our fellow humans and, and our planet and experiencing those groanings within ourselves, what we do as a result of that will either look more like the broken world that is continually groaning, or it will look like the world to come, the kingdom of the lamb who was slain. And my question today is, which way are we working? Are we going to, as God's people, continue to contribute to the broken systems that continue to, to perpetuate the brokenness, or are we going to work for things that look like the kingdom of God? These groanings may continue, and they will continue, until Christ returns, but that doesn't mean that we just get to wait contentedly. We wait patiently and confidently, Paul says, because we know what's coming, but that doesn't mean that we sit on our hands. We too, the passage says, wait with eager hope. For the day when God will give us his, our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. We have some of our rights now, and that's the family name. We bear the family name of God. We are the people of God, the church, those who are called of Jesus Christ. And so we've got to get to the family business. We have to consider what it is in our world that is broken and we need to address that with the ways of the kingdom. This doesn't happen from the top down because that's, that's one of the ways that the, the world works in its power. The world hopes that if the right person is in charge, that we can hang our agendas on that person, and that person will deliver the goods. It's, it's why sports teams constantly sack their managers. Whenever something goes wrong, they fire the manager, they get a new one. Uh, it's why when, when something terrible is going wrong with a business, the CEO is usually the first one that gets the fingers pointed at him or her because the world operates on top-down power structures. And Jesus even says in Mark 10, 42, that the the lords of the Gentiles lord their power over them. He acknowledges this and addresses this. But then he says, it will not be so among you. Because if we know what our family business is to be about, we know that we are submitted to the will of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we, go, when we hear these groanings, when we hear the, the, the cries of our world and we experience it for ourselves, we address it not through the ways of the world but through the ways of the kingdom by living this life out among ourselves and drawing other people into it. There are times when that means that we as the church have to speak to the power in our world that contributes to brokenness directly. Otherwise, that brokenness just keeps going unchecked. And if we just turn a blind eye to evil in our world, the evil is allowed to perpetuate while we stay silent. And when we see evil in our world, we need to do something about it, but in a way that is consistent with the kingdom. We know climate change is real, so we need to make sure that as followers of Jesus, we are caring for the earth that God has created. Because if we are God's people, then we need to take care of God's stuff. And we know that all humanity is made in the image of God, and so when we see a power or a force or a system that is oppressing humanity, that is breaking the image of God in humanity, we need to address that, but in a loving, consistent way and not with the weapons of this world. Because when we hear the groaning and when we experience the groaning in ourselves, if we ignore it, then it's kind of heartless. And if we, if we attack it in worldly ways, then it just makes it worse. And so I want to give you an image. A, you know, yes, John, we get all that, but how? How do we do this? And prior to, to COVID, uh, you, you could go to Baskin-Robbins or, or any number of, of ice cream shops and you could, if you saw, you know, they had all of the flavors, and, and if you're not lactose intolerant, then you can try any number of the flavors because they would, they would take these little plastic spoons, these little plastic taster spoons, and they'd dip it down into the ice cream and they'd scrape a little onto the spoon, just enough that you could have a taste. And then they'd, they'd hand it across the counter to you and you'd taste it. And you could go, oh, yeah, that's the stuff, and get a scoop of it. Or you could say, I like it, but I don't love it, and then get a different flavor. And this was pointed out to me by a, a very brilliant Christian author named uh, Amy Sherman, um, at a, uh, yeah, I can't take credit for this one. Credit where credit is due. Uh, it was, she wrote a book, and the name of the book escapes me, but I was at a conference where I actually got to hear her talk about this because this is essentially what we're called to do as God's people. Individually, every day, when we go out into the world, when we're interacting with people, when we're on Zoom with people, when we're calling people, um, in our trips to the grocery store, however interaction with other people looks like right now, we, individually, are taster spoons of the world to come. We're giving people just a little, a little taste. You know, maybe to that, to that checkout person, that has, has had a really long, rough day uh, working at the grocery store, that that taster spoon of, of God's kingdom might look like kindness. That might look like a kind word. That might be a little bit of encouragement. That taster spoon might be a a simple reminder that they're loved and cared for by God. You don't have to preach a sermon. It might mean calling somebody that you know is really struggling in life right now and just asking, how can I pray for you today? But we as God's people are a taster spoon as well. And we as God's people need to be giving the whole world, wherever we are, whatever neighborhood we're in, whatever country we're in, we need to be giving a taster of God's eternal kingdom to the world around us. Because when, when you're short on hope, a little bit of hope goes a long way. When you're mired in chaos, a little bit of calm goes a long way. When everything you know is violence, a little bit of peace goes a long way. And that's the taste that we can give people. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that your grace may always precede and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We thank you for joining us in worship this morning. We thank you for lifting up the name of our God for bringing the praises of earth and casting them towards heaven so that Jesus may be lifted up in everything that we do. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth for leading us in song this morning. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator for leading us in prayer. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for our prelude. I'd like to thank Katie Witham uh, for leading the First Baptist Church readers. And I'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. If there's something we can be praying for you about, make sure you send us an email at baptist.churchcomcast.net. And remember love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.